Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Awesome. So for today's show, we've got Troy with us once again. He's going to be the regular here. And we want to talk about creating an unforgettable environment with lighting. So what I was thinking about, Troy, uh, when I came up with this idea was just about, okay, so we talk about stage lighting. We talk about lighting a stage, whether that be for music or something else. But ultimately, when you think about the experiences and the places in your life and the events that you've been to that are truly like magical and like awesome, they don't just put some lights up, you know, they don't just do a front truss and back truss over a stage, right? You know, they don't just have some front and back light. There's a lot more to that. And so I kind of want to unpack that today. Um, and so my, my first kind of question uh, for you, just out of curiosity, is like, okay, so a band hires you, uh, Troy Dubs Lighting, to light them. How do you use the room and the space that's not just the stage in your lighting? The, the first thing that I think about is, you know, the first thing I, I try to be sure is that the lighting, you know, complements the environment around it. You know what I mean? And that environment can include, you know, the the band, the music, uh, for lack of better terms, the, the vibe, uh, what they're wearing, maybe, you know what I mean? So uh, that's always the first place I start is is making sure the lighting complements the environment you know, around you and that the band wants to kind of portray. Yeah. So what's an example of like a way that, that you've done that, that you're thinking of? So I guess, um, you know, uh, I do a lot of work kind of with, with in the jam band world of things, you know what I mean? And, and nowadays there's kind of a certain expectation that, you know, some fans have when they go see a jam band and, they want they, they they want the flash. They want the bang. You know, they want bright colors. They want you know a lot of movement. So, you know, if the band's looking for something like that, I'll try to create something on that end. Um, you know, I also work a decent amount in the pop world, where sometimes I kind of like to take a more minimal approach, where you know I uh, I might only use half of the lights in the rig or a third of the lights in the rig to kind of create an ambiance that's. Uh, you know, more of an intimate vibe. Maybe it's, you know, a, a bass player, a drummer, and a singer. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily um, necessitate what a 10-person jam, jazz, electronic rock band might <laughs> might need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that good old jam, jazz, electronic <laughs> rock band. <laughs> yeah. So, like, on a practical basis, say you're, you're you know, putting some lighting together for this jam pop reggae jazz band (laughs) like how how would you go to especially on a smaller scale like filling the room with light when maybe you know like a lot of our people here on learn stage lighting may not have the ability to put stuff in the air above the audience right uh Mm -hmm. how how would you go about that on a small scale on a small scale on a small scale excuse me uh you know ideally you would have some some front wash some back wash you know Ideally, it's on a truss, upstage, downstage truss. But the two biggest things that I like to always include is is side wash. And then I really like, um, you know, some upwash from the floor behind the artist. I feel that you can, you know, get some pretty diverse looks 
whether you just, you know, you could just take, uh, you know, turn off your downstage, upstage wash and you still have, you know, plenty of light on stage on the musicians. And so I always try to incorporate some sidewash and then some, some lights on the floor, usually either, you know, maybe on each side behind the musician or just, you know, a single up light behind them, I think is usually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely helps uh, create the space a lot better than just, you know, a simple front back. Right. I think, I think back personally to like, okay, you want to get away from, even if it's just a simple setup, you know, a band wants something really simple. Um, I want to get away from that look of the county fairs that I did 10 or 15 years ago, right? Where it's like, it was just like front dress, back dress. You know, we could do better than that today and we can light more spaces than that today. Um, But one of the other things I was thinking about actually was just some, to go off what you said was like, okay, so you've got the stage lit really well um, and you know, you're, you're jamming there. Everything's great. But then, we also can add some some pops of color around the room, really, with the same kind of stuff, you know. So on a smaller scale, that might be just having a couple uplights, you know, to the entrance of a space, maybe, if you're in a church or something like that, or, you know, any sort of venue where you could safely put something at the entrance without it, you know, walking away, <laughs> right? Uh, um, but, you know, I, I, I think what, you know, the things that can really make a space different, I think, often go a little deeper than just placing lights in a certain place, right? Um, often it comes down more to like pro- how you program and how you, you aim the lights, really, to, to fill that space, you know? Very true, very true. And I guess my perspective tends to come from kind of the concert world of things, but you're right. There are a lot of things you could do, whether it be, you know, a church environment or a corporate setting to, you know, what, like you kind of mentioned, talking about the entrances and the pathways and maybe, you know, the the perimeter borders that necessarily aren't even the stage that kind of complement the design as a whole. Yeah, and that's one of those things where I think when you start to spread that light throughout the room, it's... It's like okay, that's when it turns from you know a concert in the in on the stage to an experience, right? You know, sounds cheesy, and I mean maybe it sounds cheesy to me, especially because I I've seen that in the corporate events world where you know these companies have this you know super cheesy marketing about turning things into an experience, and you know, I guess it's you know kind of hokey, but apparently it works too, you know, so, and so and so. Excuse me. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that that make things different. Um, but actually, let's go a little deeper because you were talking about okay. Sometimes with lighting, we only want to use some of the lights during certain moments. So, say you're doing a show. Um, how like how often do you use only a few lights versus like using everything? Um, and and you know stages in between that. Yeah, it usually comes down to the artist and the music. You know, I always start with, I, I listen to the artist's music when they hire me. You know what I mean? And um, I guess just generally speaking, I like to kind of kind of build the set from start to finish. You know, occasionally there's that band where you just want to, you want to be firing all cylinders from song one and that's cool. But at the same time, you know, by, you know, deducting the amount of light to use for certain songs might, enhance the next song where you know you use that that group of lights you know what i mean so 
um, generally unless the artist specifies, you know, coming out the gate swinging or, you know, making sure the end, you know, end of their set is really kind of the big bang. Um, I like to mix it up and, you know, there's might be a song where I say, Hey, I'm not going to use, you know, the, uh, the downstage trust for the whole song. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? Cause you know, a lot of times less is more kind of, uh, I always kind of compared it to being a musician where just cause, you know, you have all these incredible chops and fills and licks, you know, generally you don't necessarily need to use all those. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't don't show off all your tricks in the first song, right? No, man, no, because then people will be bored by song two because you they, they heard everything that you could do in the first song. So I, I take a similar approach to lighting. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's I think that's really important. Um, because ultimately, like one of the things that we drive home here on Lauren Stage Lighting all the time, like one of the biggest things is like, okay, you know, you can have more lights and you can buy more stuff or, or acquire more lights, you know, whatever way you do. But if you don't use it well, you know, you don't take the time to really intentionally, actually it, it's really about intention. You know, I was having yes. this conversation with a band a, a few weeks ago, actually, or whenever, Oh gosh, month and a half ago, <laughs> Christmas, you know, it's a time warp. Uh, we're recording this in early January, but, uh, <laughs> but I was talking with these guys and, and it was like, we were like, well, what is the difference between, you know, some of these groups that I think they use 21 Pilots as an example. If you've watched any of their stuff, they have some really, a really great visual show. Um, you know, what are the, what really is the difference between a group like that and somebody who's just, you know, got the generic light show kind of meh, you know, it kind of matches the music. It does some stuff. You know, what's the difference between those two things? And what we identified is it was like, well, just having like a little bit of intention and thinking about it, <laughs> you know, it's Man, not you're that hard. So right on that. Yeah. You're so right on that intention. I think hits it on the head. Um, yeah. I, I, it's easier said than done too. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when you have all these um, tools that, you know, in front of you to use, it's, it's hard to kind of show some restraint and use some intention, but uh I think intention comes from, you know, preparation and practice. You know what I mean? If, if you're able to practice running your lights, um, you know, with the band's music, that's going to lead to, you know, more intention in your operation during a live setting. So I think that's a, that's a great way to sum it up. Yeah, no, actually preparation. That's a good point um, that I wasn't thinking of because I think about, uh, especially in the corporate event world, like there are, there were so many times, so many events I did, especially like, I should watch what I say here, but when you do corporate events for like the really big AV companies in our country, and it's not always this way, but a lot of times it would just turn into like, you know, generic show one-on-one. Like we didn't think too hard about this, but we specified enough gear to make it happen. And we specified enough people and go do a show, you know, and it's, it's generic corporate show and you change out the logos and it looks the same as, as 50 other shows that you've done, <laughs> you know? Uh, but it's like, it's, that's a good point. It's the preparation. It's, that's really what makes it different. You know, it's, 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 it's not rocket science because in, in that regard, you know, it's not about really practicing. It's just about taking the time to, you know, define with the client, whomever that is, which in this case, you know, to our audience here on Learn Stage Lighting, that could be, okay, that could be somebody who is in a band, somebody who runs sound for a band, somebody in a church, you know, somebody 
who has a small venue. It, it could be any of those situations. And just taking the time, as as silly as it seems, to just like, okay, think through like, what what do we really want people to leave this place thinking about? What do we want them to leave this place having seen? And then you can build off that. You know, then you can say, okay, well, that informs the decisions we make with lighting. Um, you know, great lighting, like like you were noting, is it's not that difficult, but if you you have to take the time to think through the end result you want and not just be like, okay, throw some gear at it, go light a show. I mean, that happens sometimes, and that's going to happen to everybody, right? You're going to get hired by people. They're going to say, show up, run lights to our band, you know, done, right? We don't, we don't, you know, we just need it, you know. And that happens. And sometimes, as you know, you know, the phone rings like the day before or a couple days before, and you, you don't have time to prepare, right? And, and you just, you do the best you can. Um, but, um, but I actually, I, you know, I wasn't sure where this podcast was going to go, but I wasn't sure it was going to go here, but this, this makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, it's, it's not that hard. (laughs) I'm with you. What were you thinking? What, what, what makes a, what makes a a lighting performance unforgettable? I mean, in your... Yeah, so I was actually keying in kind of on the word environment in this and, and thinking about like the space around the room and, and, and gotcha. whatnot. Um, because I think, and it, and it comes from the same place actually. We're not, we shouldn't be too surprised here that, that it, it really comes from the same place of like intentionally thinking through, okay, what do we want this to feel like? And then building the lighting and building what you program based off that. Right, like, like I was thinking of this show. I think I've used it as an example before with you, where it was this homeschool conference. It was um, recorded for a simulcast, um, and it was back in September. And um, you know, they knew from the start what they wanted. They knew they wanted to spend a good amount of the lighting in the audience area because ultimately the stage just needed to be white and bright, you know, just light to people. And in the audience area was where we had more freedom and flexibility, but we wanted it, you know, they wanted it even on a budget to look like, you know, something that would be on TV, you know, a game show or, or, you know, a, a big convention, like, a, you know, the Republican or Democratic national conventions that we had, you know, whenever that was before this whole election madness, <laughs> you know, but you know, you see things like that where there's big audiences and they're televised style events. And, you know, they take that extra time to put that intention to make the audience look that good. And you can do that on a smaller scale. Uh, you just have to plan for it ahead of time <laughs> and go, okay, I'm going to plan for my lighting resources to be centered around that rather than having, you know, just everything being thrown at the stage. Totally. And that's a good point you mentioned to where in that example, the client gave you initial direction of what they were looking for. Um, you know, I, I, I find that the best events are usually when, you know, there's some input from both sides, not just all, you know, what you as the LD or the operator, you know, have in mind for it. But, you know, what is the client? What is the artist? What is, you know, the pasture? What is the, you know, whoever, what are they looking for? That's really where, you know, you kind of come together, get some synergy and, you get that uh, uh, unforgettable lighting environment. Yeah, yeah. It gets me excited because I love to make that. And also, you know, as, as you know, um, and I think you're, you're thinking, um, it's we also like working with those people more <laughs> as, as lighting designers. 
It's more fun to work with people that who do that. Totally. I love getting, I always say, you always start off like, what do you, what do you guys want? What do you envision? You know what I mean? What are you seeing? Give me some examples of other work that you've seen that you've liked. You know, I always try to start there and then, and then try to add my input, you know, hoping that they welcome it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I, I can't count on my hands, you know, the amount of times, especially in the corporate world where, you know, you reach out to whoever your contact is and you, you're like, okay, you know, give me some more info about what you want out of the lighting. And they just go, oh, just, you know, just make it work, make it a corporate show, you know, whatever. And then you get on site and, you know, you're working with whoever is you're working with and, and they're like, you know, the, somebody from the client is like, hey, we had this idea. We want to do this this thing with with the lighting. And you're like, um, you know, you're a couple days late here. Like, like we could have done that, but now we can't like really do what you want because we didn't know <laughs> ahead of time, right? Uh, and we didn't I feel the like that's the name of the game sometimes, whether it's, I haven't done much in the corporate world, but you're always getting thrown stuff last minute. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when it comes down to it, I guess it it really is, you know, it sounds it sounds silly, but it really is just about like you know, it doesn't have to be complicated, you just got to think through it. Um yeah, because ultimately, you know, I'm just looking over I'm like, okay, where are we coming at? So right now on YouTube, we're doing this month um talking all about making small venues look great. And so, with that in mind, um, you know, when you're faced with a small venue, whether that means it's smaller than you're used to working in, or it's just the right size, but it's, you know, for the amount of lights you have, but it's small, uh, what do you do when you're in a small venue or on a small stage with a, a group to, to make it look really great? I, I really still try to kind of approach it, even if you know, as if you're on a, on a big, massive stage, you know what I mean? You just, I would just try to scale it down and, and it's about giving yourself options. You know, like I said, you know, put some lights on the side of the stage if you're able to, you know what I mean? Um, put, you know, put some more lights on the floor, try to get, you know, if you can't hang stuff, maybe try to get some, you know, support posts to put some lights up on just to give some, you know, I always try to kind of think of the stage as a frame and you want to kind of cover all angles of that frame so that you have, you know, options to use. Um, something I've done recently too, just that I feel like artists and managers and, and people like is just have, you know, small, simple things. It could be, uh, you know, electric candles or string lights or some, you know, uh, you know, David, you, you taught me how to, how to make custom LED strip fixtures. You know what I mean? And those are super, super cheap and also super cool ways to incorporate that I think are super effective on a small stage. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think? That's actually a really good point. Seeing as um, just like between this and, and learning Christmas lighting, my other site, I just bought um, a handful or what was it? 160 feet worth of um, festoon pixel lights. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a 50 millimeter, which I think that's inch and a half um ball that's a 360 degree you know on a on a cord so it's the same type of pixels as the christmas light pixels but i think they're gonna be brighter like sometimes the specs on these things are kind of vague so i just went and i was like you know what i'm just gonna buy like enough to do something with so in this case it's 160 feet worth and you know get it and see like how bright are these things you know how much how much wattage is being pulled because i I just couldn't find those specs online you know and uh but that's the kind of thing that works great in small venues you know like and 
the cool thing about like some string lights or or whatnot is you can get fancy and and get even the cool color changing ones. And if your venue's smaller, you need less, so it's cheaper. <laughs> you know that's the benefit of a small venue, right? You need less stuff. Totally, totally. I I see that as an advantage as well. And cheaper stuff, right? You know, same with lights. It's like when you talk about you know moving lights and stuff. Well, if you're playing two hundred seat rooms, then you don't need big lights. There and small lights are cheaper than bigger lights. <laughs> Absolutely. Usually, some usually the bigger lights are even just they're, they're too much. You know, if if it's a two hundred capacity venue, they they could be too much. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm right with you there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was a cool rabbit trail. Um, and so, yeah, but but ultimately, you know, what we want to do this month, especially on the show, is just talk about, okay, how can we equip people in small venues to make things interesting? And I feel like we've hit that nail on the head uh, pretty decent here, you know, ultimately. Um, and so, any last thoughts you got on that? I think that pretty much covers it, man. I appreciate you having me on again. Awesome. Great to have you as well and to everybody out in podcast land, hopefully. It is here in March. Hopefully, we're looking forward to events coming back in the future soon. And it was great to chat with you today. We'll see you guys. 